Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 2 of Caught in the Wild, with your co-host kind of deal going on here, uh, Rocky Shores Outdoors, Connor Martin, and myself, son of a fish outdoors, Tucker Leland. Um, Tonight's going to be pretty special. Um, We are going to be bringing on a guest of the night um, from Wyoming as well, from the northern part. Um, We will let him introduce himself when we get to that point, but here's Cotton Wild. What's up, guys? Like Tucker was saying, this Cod in the Wild, episode two. Connor and Tucker here from uh, Rocky Shores Outdoors and Son of a Fitch Outdoors. And tonight, we actually have a really, really special guest. Uh, actually, two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both on the phone right now, so we're going to bring them in, and they're going to tell you about a really successful deer hunt they just had. Uh, so we have Gabe Kiesel, and uh, I never caught Mason's last name, Mason dude. Urban. Mason Urban? Yeah. All right, dude. You guys, uh, go ahead. Uh, I think, Gabe, you just got done with the mule deer uh, hunt today, right? Yeah, I did. I just uh, killed a pretty good four-point today. It was the last day of the season. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough year for mule deer, but uh, ended up killing a pretty good one. So, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, Mason, uh why don't you guys go into a little detail about your hunt? Tell us about it and kind of your challenges and stuff about it. Well, we tried going out and hitting all the hard spots, you know, going up the mountain. And I actually was back in a deer tag while helping my mom try and kill a bull last weekend. And we're out in the hills hiking kicked around the idea of taking some horses out but we were just striking out trying to get out after those kind of desert bucks and mountain bucks and i was actually just driving home from work this week and we have a pasture kind of back ways that i can see from the highway and i saw there was a deer a couple deer bedded down in the field down there so i went home and grabbed a gun and headed back out there so there's a couple bucks in there and we i mean just kind of goes to show that sometimes you look you try and make it too hard on yourself when you're hunting you know if you've got an alfalfa field you may as well use it super down <laughs> you may as well go do that and so it was from there it was pretty easy went out and he's better down in the field and kind of put on a little stock and they got up and moved while i was doing that and had to reposition once or twice and ended up knocking him down at about 200 yards and called Gabe. He came and helped me pack him out of there and he's getting made into jerky as we speak. Yeah, we got the old smoker rolling down here. We've got him smoking right now. What do you got, Hickory? Yeah, I use those high country jerkies. No, no free shout outs. No free shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the best seasoning I've ever used is just that high country stuff. And and uh, it's a, the mesquite. And then I've got just, like, little, little Chief Smoker. And I roll some hickory smoke over it. And we're trying to smoke out the house right now. And Good. We're going to have some jerky for football tomorrow. Yeah, jerky for football. Go Steelers. You know it. Hey, 5-0. So, uh, yeah, heck yeah, buddy. Uh, so my hunt 
actually kind of started with Mason's hunt. Um, when he killed his, he told me to come over and help him get him out. And so I walked over there and, um, there were two other bucks that were with the buck that Mason shot. And, uh, so we, we saw him, we bumped him out of the cover from that, uh, field. And, uh, I just didn't have a shot. There was some houses lined up with it and, uh, just couldn't make it work. He's a real nice buck and I wanted him bad, but I let him walk just because of, you know, safety and stuff. And, uh, so, I was kind of regretting my decisions. I haven't seen very many big bucks rolling around. And, you know, like Mason said, we were doing the hard, we were doing it the hard way. We were trying to find little sections of public on uh, river bottom, you know, that we didn't think many people could get to without, you know, walking away. Yeah. You know, just getting away from the pickup a little bit. And uh, so anyway, (laughs) watched this buck walk away forever i thought and uh heck we were going out every night after work and uh you know a busy schedule and everything and i told mason um maybe we should try a long walk or something like that and we were last day you know last ditch effort and uh didn't happen this morning and then uh i dropped mason off at home we got some wood cut up for his grandpa and uh just doing chores and stuff and then i said man i'm gonna go see how my little brother's doing drove into my parents place and there was a nice buck that buck he was sitting there in their field and uh man it just made it happen uh, the old seven mag she ate today yeah sometimes you know the easier hunts are the ones that you'll remember forever i mean as you know us over here you know it's been same with you guys i mean Wyoming's been a very weird year for hunting, and I mean, the only thing I've tagged out on is a bear this year, and, you know, I was going to go up and see, you know, see you guys, and but we decided we'd hop over and try to find some elk, but, um, now for all the viewers out there listening, uh, long story short, um, funny story about Gabe and Mason and how I first come to meet these guys, um, close family friends, uh, with my with my stepdad and uh Gabe and his little brother Zach um they were hanging out after a football game and you guys were playing in Lyman weren't you uh yeah we played down that way quite a bit it was either uh Lyman or Mountain View I think yeah and you guys happened to stay the night one weekend uh I think you guys watched me play the next day or something I can't remember and it was my my senior year and Gabe's junior year and we were in my you know just down in the basement of my my parents house and i happen to ask and this is a long story going into a longer story but i happen to ask him hey you know i'm going up your way for college and you know any you know any girls and fun fact and uh he ended up giving me the number to uh my wife now and it was more of just kind of just like a hit her up kind of deal and anyways these two guys on the phone here mason and gabe they were in my they were in my line for my wedding so was connor and so that's that's kind of the back history on us and you know we've been longtime friends and they kind of got me out of wrestling uh just hunting you know over there in the bighorns i remember that day you you both were there you both were there 
<laughs> we were there, buddy, but that's uh, stories for a different occasion, maybe at the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's a great that's that was a great story. But um, no, we we got a squirrel that day though, so we, got, <laughs> we tagged out on a, we tagged out. We had a, a great uh, American squirrel tag. It's a highly coveted tag. It is. Um, Mason got the old thirty thirty out and let her speak that day um yeah so we got that and my little brother got a deer so that was a good day yes it uh, was but, but like i said the, oh. the there might be some details in there that are saved for the bar one night <laughs> <laughs> so, so gabe last i saw on uh the old facebook your your brother signed to UW or committed to UW. is that still going on so yeah my little brother zach uh he's a year younger than i am uh, he went to Dickinson State for a year, and they redshirted him, and uh, he was doing really well. I know he'd have started this year if he'd have stuck around, um, but I guess he just wanted to be with the best, you know, and he, he decided to transfer to UW. Um, they wanted him to walk on, and I guess that's what he's doing. Um, with the whole COVID stuff going on right now, uh, I guess they're not allowing walk on, so he's gonna have to wait another year. But uh, he's staying in shape, and uh, hopefully by the time next spring comes around, he'll be ready to go and uh, join the team. Good, dude. I hope so, cause that was like that was a big deal for me. I'm brown and gold, you know, to the core. I love the University of Wyoming, and to know someone that was gonna go play ball for him was just awesome. But, yeah, and that's the thing is that's why he chose Wyoming over uh, transferring anywhere because, I mean, he bleeds that uh, brown and gold the same as everybody else in the 307, you know. I mean, he it's just something different. It's, it's not like he didn't have any loyalty to Dickinson, you know what I mean? He wanted to be uh, a cowboy. For sure. So, Gabe Mason, you guys are in some uh, good – you know, some good corn country up there and whatnot in alfalfa. What do you guys got planned for the rest of the year, hunting-wise and fishing-wise? Well, we've got, what, four cow-elk tags between the two of us. I've got a couple people around the area that could use some elk meat, and so I told them I'd go out and get them one and give it to them, and... So we've got two right here, kind of close to home, and, uh, and the bighorns. And then we've got, me and Gabe got tags together to go down at the southern end of the bighorn basin and chase some cows out in a little bit more wide open country, not the mountains. And that's about all we've got left this year, but it'll be a... No ducks or goose or what? Well, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, people that know me know that I love waterfowl hunting, and uh, it's about time, man. I uh, I kill my deer, and then my brain instantly goes to let's kill some birds. Oh, yeah, so, uh, I mean. Um, yeah, of course, man. I've been scouting fields every day. I have to drive about half hour to work every day, and uh, that's right down uh, Bighorn River. And, uh Man, it's hard to keep your eyes off the birds when you're driving. <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what we're, uh, you know, Connor, his dad, pretty he owns the shed building uh, place in Evanston. We They've hauled quite a bit of stuff around the state and around the multiple states surrounding. And, uh, 
you know, we're, we're working, we're in progress of building the blind so we can go get on some birds. Uh, we, a lady I work with, she's, she's got a bunch of, uh, open, open water actually on her property. And, uh, she told us, you know, come out and hunt whenever. So we're going to build a blind, set it up, try to get some geese that she's had a ton actually. Hey, and you can ask Tucker all day today. We've been trying to find elk, not finding any elk. And I'm like, you know what, dude, we should have just bought a shotgun and, you know, fishing poles. And fishing poles and caught out some ducks and caught some fish and called it her day but uh, well i'll tell you old. i'll tell you uh fishing and waterfowl is uh is uh pretty elementary you guys would be good at that um <laughs> well we ain't finding any elk so i guess that's our next step we get we get stuff killed up here in the northern. Big birds, <laughs> you're right? not wrong. No, dude, you're we not find, wrong. We find the big deer and the big elk to kill. So uh, well, no, next year. If you, you guys ever need a hand, we'll just give you a lesson. Hey, you know, yeah, I got I got them. the bear station and it's producing. So you guys need elk or you guys need some bear on your wall. You know. Hey, before we get too far off the deer and elk, I was wondering. I know we've got some cwd up here but i know in the southern portion of the state it's a lot thicker in your deer populations and i was wondering if you guys ever get your deer sent in and have it tested or if you worry about it at all with your um, deer. because i know that all my deer from what i've heard where they've never had it uh traced or think that it can jump to humans i've never got tested or anything but i know that there's some ways to get it tested pretty easy and if you guys ever had looked into that i never have nah me me either you know it's it's well, kind I, of been... i can tell you right now that uh um since covid started uh, it seems like uh, all the numbers have been that uh, everybody dies from covid so uh i wouldn't even worry about the cwd amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no yeah, i did you know, I've been, you know, I'm on a, you know, Facebook's got all the pages and there's Wyoming muleys and Wyoming elk hunters and that kind of deal. And, you know, there's actually, I that, that, that I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of comes to mind because I've seen a couple of people, you know, posting on there. Oh yeah, I got my buck sent in and, you know, they, the game of fish took a piece of meat from them and it came back with CWD and, you know, I kind of thinking now maybe I should, you know, maybe I should send some in and then, uh, but you know, I haven't really thought about it much. I don't know very many people that have sent theirs in, let al- you know, let alone they yeah. kind of just they kind of just do the old fashioned, you know, just wrap it, freeze it, and then throw it on the stove. Yeah, and I I on the grill. read an article the other day about it because I was I was kind of questioning it. You know, what's going on? Why is so many deer and elk getting this or whatever? You know, but it says that it's only transmitted through elk, deer, and moose. And all the old-time boys, all the old hunters and everything said not to worry about it. Just eat the meat. It doesn't affect the meat. It just affects the deer's brain. As long as you don't eat the brain, and I don't know of anyone that eats a deer brain, but... Yeah, I'm real careful. I, for me, it's more of a curiosity standpoint. Oh, yeah. I wonder oh, if I'll yeah. get them tested just to see how often when you shoot one, you're running across it, at least in this area. But, you know, if one came back positive, I... I eat it still but i think if i had kids or something and they were coming back positive it'd make me at least hesitate a little bit just because i'm feeding it to them but you know you're you're dead on with the just going ahead and 
eating it. I, well, it's kind of it's kind of like that, well, what I'm careful about is how it's it goes into the brain. The only thing that I think about when I'm cutting them up because I do all my own processing is if I'm sawing through the spinal column at all with that spinal fluid, or I'm up around the head, I make sure that any of that meat that was close to where I was sawing doesn't get near my other mate so I don't have fluids or anything oh, yeah. that could have been oh, near that. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's, a, that's, that's definitely a 101. I, I want to bring up a point, too, uh, real fast. When you say you process your own meat and package your own meat, have you guys kind of seen in the groups, I mean, at least the groups we're on on Facebook, there's so many uh, meat processing places that are ripping people off. Have you guys seen that up in your year? I don't get on the book face much myself, but face. <laughs> I, I, but I don't. I, I don't know. I was broke in high school and college, and I never wanted to pay to go to a processor. Oh, yeah. So as far as I was concerned, anything was a rip off, and I just started doing it by myself. And you hear horror stories about any processing place because oh, somebody yeah. always has a bad experience. They don't get their own meat back, or it had a bunch of hair in it, or whatever. And that's. I just, I've got to where I kind of enjoy cutting up my own meat. Yeah. For me, growing up as a kid, that was kind of a tradition. We'd go out, a bunch of us, one hunt we'd do is, you know, from five to eight of us would go out with a bunch of cow elk tags on a ranch and deer tags, and we'd come back with a bunch of carcasses, and my dad and his buddy got really good at processing meat and, uh, going the whole nine yards one year we made over like 200 pounds of summer sausage that we were giving out as christmas gifts and doing things like that and i remember lots of times sitting in the garage with our dads and it was just like a meat processing party and everybody was having fun it wasn't work and so that's why i started going at it the way that i do yeah and that it's the same for me i mean honestly i think about it in uh pretty simple terms um if I'm going to take that animal's life, I'm going to, uh, make sure I know where everything goes with it. You know, I'm not going to throw it off at somebody that I don't know. And, uh, is charging me $300 for a deer. I can go down to the store and buy that wrapping material for, uh, literally nothing. Less than and, that. Yeah. Uh, cut up, cut it up and put it in the freezer tomorrow. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to sit here and watch the Steelers game and we're going to cut up a meal deer. I mean, if you don't have time to deal with your animal properly, then you shouldn't be doing it at all. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, when I was little, I was, I remember we had like eight elk hanging up in the shop and they were literally just spending all day cutting up and we all helped each other. We were cutting up all these elk, but us little kids, they had a couple of those propane grills. And whatever, like, excess stuff they would have, we would throw on the grill and cook. And uh, then that's what we'd eat for lunch, you know, that day or dinner or whatever. It was just a fun time. And there was probably about 15 of us just spending quality time together in the shop, cutting up freaking all the elk. And I've always processed and cut up my own animals. I just, that's that's the horror story you... You know, you send your deer out to a process plant, you pay a bunch of money, and then you get half the animal back. Um, and it's never what you want. What you guys were saying about, you know, the salami and the and the jerky and everything, I 
I tend to do a lot more hamburger and steak and um I saved the duck meat for the for the jerky but uh honestly I mean it's just it's like you were saying uh Gabe is if you're gonna if you're gonna take that animal's life then you gotta respect that animal enough to make sure you know where every single thing is going on that animal um yeah that's right and uh previously like i killed an antelope uh at the first of october and uh you know you always hear the stories on man antelope's sure tough and antelope is this and that and it's not any good and let's make it all into jerky and um something that we tried this year just because it um it was just easy enough to do it um we totally pretty much butchered that animal right there in the field we took all the cuts of meat right off the bone right there and uh we left the carcass right there where i killed him and had it yeah i mean that thing was sitting in a cooler on uh, ice for 20 minutes and uh um I killed that antelope one shot. He didn't know it hit him. He ran 20 yards and fell over. That, and it, um, like we said, we butchered him up in less than an hour, and he was on ice for a couple of days. That was, he's the best-tasting antelope I've ever had. If people would just treat their wild game like they would treat a beef or treat any other kind of meat, they would be amazed at what wild game can do. I, I I, that's mostly all I eat. My parents, they'll butcher a, a beef, and they'll have beef around. And sure, it's great to ha- go have a beef steak at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but year-round, me and my girlfriend, or if Mason's here, we will be eating deer steaks. Or we'll grind up a deer burger or antelope or whatever we have. You know, I've got a freezer full of goose and duck and pheasant. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I eat. And, uh that's just how I feel about it. I really think if people cared a little more about the way they treat their meat, that they'd uh, they'd enjoy it a little more. And I know for me, I'm no cook. A lot of the year, it, you know, I'm going home and I'm eating pizza rolls and frozen food. But then the second that I get my hands on something that I caught or killed on my own, I turn into master chef. I love cooking. The second that I have something that I watch go from on the hoof to my dinner plate and i just really enjoy that aspect whether it's because i kill the deer and an hour later i'm eating the back strap and i'm thinking that an hour ago it was still run around oh yeah but or just when you go through all your own meat processes and you're spending the time you know exactly where that thing's been and you get to play with your own recipes and there's so many variables and you can go, okay, what, why is this steak better than my last steak from the point of me hunting it all through the cooking process? It's, it's a big puzzle that you get to try and put together and fine tune and make the best recipe you can. Yeah. And back on your CWD thing, you know, I think it kind of falls under the lines of, you know, bear has a bad reputation for you know it causes i can't remember what it is trichinosis trichinosis there it is but if you you know if you cook it long enough in the right way you know it's not transferable so you know it's kind of like a give and take like you know you gotta you gotta know what to do with it and in that sense you should you should already know how to take care of it 
before the fact of just trying to figure it out on the fly. You know what I mean? And that kind of situation there. That's, I mean, one thing that I look after, or uh, look after, look forward to is like uh, what Mason was saying is cooking your own meal. That's kind of what you were saying with your bear. You got to learn how to cook it. And that's, that's definitely one thing, uh, what you were saying, Gabe, about your antelope. <clears throat> People have to learn how to cook it the right way too. I know that uh, my dad is a really good cook and he can make elk burger taste exactly like beef. I mean, <laughs> my gram, my great grandma, she comes over to my house every Sunday for dinner and she always likes uh, eating beef. She says she won't eat game. And I can't tell you how many times we fed her elk and deer saying that it was beef because my dad can just make it taste that way just because the way we handle it and process it and everything i mean uh the time that you gut it the time that you skin it the time that you cut it up has a big big factor i know i was watching the show uh, i guess we probably all seen it meat eaters yeah uh and i watched it a couple of years ago that episode where he teaches you how to cook meatballs and everything so i was i had when i shot my deer this year i had full intentions of taking out the heart taking out the liver and and taking out the stomach lining uh, just because I thought it was cool, I thought it was unique, and I thought, you know, why not try and use every little bit of that animal that you can? It turns out I couldn't do it because I destroyed the lungs and the heart and everything. Everything but, else in between. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, what I was going to ask you guys. I mean, obviously, and I know the answer now, but uh, same deal for me is I have never eaten the heart or tongue or anything like that, you know. I mean, oh, man, I'll tell you what. Just something we didn't need to do. Yeah. But um, so I was in the same intentions on, oh, man, I'm going to take this antelope heart or I'm going to take this I'll tell you what. or whatever. And I I blew the heart out of both of them. I can guarantee you that. And that's the heart. Yeah, but about, you know, you blowing the heart out of an antelope is definitely a, you know, it, it happened with rifle season, you know. Archery's a little more different because, you know, it's just a tiny, I mean, depends on the broadhead you use, but it's a, it's a more smaller hole than what a, you know, a bullet you, you know, leaves. And, but then one thing, my favorite thing, I swear, is probably elk heart chopped up in eggs and throw some cheese on it. You're good to go. See, I've never had that. I mean, I've had a cow tongue, but that's, that's about it. I, I've done elk heart a couple times now. And yeah, elk heart's good. I'll take and cut it. You cut it to where it's like little rings, kind of like an onion ring or something. Pretty much, yeah. And then I fried that with, I think I did just a little bit of breading and dip it in gravy. And, you know, you can make almost anything taste good that way. But that was pretty good. It's really, really rich. I don't know that I'd want to eat it every day, but it was a no, nice yeah. change-up for one meal. So I guess we'll move into the, uh, what are you guys' plans for next year, you know? I mean, it's a whole new year, whole new scenario. What do you guys, What is you guys' plans for well, next year? hang on. I think that we all just agreed on spring bear hunt. Did we not? I think, I think, I think we do. I think we have to hold them to the spring bear hunt. <laughs> I, well, uh, I'll tell you what, man. If I can get work off... You can bet your ass I'll be down there. I I live and breathe this stuff, man. I'll I'll hunt as much as I can, but uh, the old work stuff it uh, 
They try to get you there way, way too much, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> way too much, dude. That's how my dad is. He's he tries to get me to work seven uh, days a week. It's not gonna happen. I work four days a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So uh, yeah, I guess to answer your question about next season, uh, I've got some buddies from out of state that uh, are getting pretty close to drawing deer tags and. Uh, I've been telling them for years that if they draw deer tags or elk tags that uh, I'd help them out because they've helped me out in the past. And uh, so uh, I'll probably be planning on helping those guys out. But uh, for my own stuff, um, man, I'd love to draw a Utah elk tag. I've been putting in for quite a few years now and uh, uh, hopefully hopefully hit the mark with the archery elk tag in Utah. Um and then, uh, like always, hopefully be hunting the bighorns for elk in archery season. Um, and then my girlfriend actually just finished up her hunter safety and uh, is wanting to give elk hunting a try. So Heck we'll yeah. see. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that could happen, and uh, there's never enough time to do it all. But uh, we'll give it a shot. Never so enough time. Never enough time. Well, I know next year i'm kicked around a few ideas for what to do for an elk tag we've talked about going south to unit that sounds like it has some kind of different elk and then hey if you come our way dude we're ready for you not quite that far south (laughs) breaking my heart buddy breaking my heart (laughs) i know i better get my ass up there we need to i need to start putting in for up there so i can hunt up there yes sir it sucks dude don't okay. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Simultaneously, don't do it. Yeah, y'all don't leave there, but... uh. Just do it because it's close to home. Don't yeah, it. it sucks. There's no big bulls. I promise. Damn, man. I'm just looking for a cow this year, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a damn elk before I get my panties besides in the, the bar, man. Besides the know? state park, right? Bro, but I mean... <laughs> That's not a best I, I thought about going to prison for a couple of years for shooting one of the state park bulls, man. I mean, damn. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd do that, Connor. I don't want to be involved in the day that you decide to do that. So, <laughs> Shit, man. That'd be fun, though. <laughs> no, I'm just pretty easy hunt. For legal reasons, <laughs> this is when we put in the part. Yeah. For legal reasons, we are joking about that part where we kill an elk in the state park. I think you might cut that one. How about it? <laughs> but, nah, so, sounds like you guys are going to be pretty busy next year. Um, no, we we definitely hope to see you guys soon. And definitely, Connor's been talking about, you know, he's never killed a whitetail. So next year we may wander up your guys' way for a whitetail hunt. Dude, I would be down. I, I want to kill a whitetail so bad. I mean, just because... I mean, I hear they taste better than mule deer. I hear they're harder to hunt than mule deer, and you know I'm down for the challenge. And Well, the ones in the Bighorn Basin taste really bad, so you don't... <laughs> you don't... <laughs> and let's be honest, they all have CWD. Ooh. So... Well, keep the head away from the body, am I right? Hey, buddy, my, my brain's already gone, man, so... <laughs> Might as well keep it going. But... No, it's it was great having you guys on with us uh, tonight, and um, you know we hope to see you guys soon, for sure. Especially, you know, just 
having all the recent events, you know, getting out, seeing some more country, and getting up that way. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've been up there. It's been like and, three, and it's been about a couple years, years for Connor. So yeah. no, we're definitely gonna try to hook up with you guys and uh, get something going. All right, guys, we'll keep the beer cold. We'll see you then. Okay, right, sounds man. good. Thanks sounds for good. being on. Hey, thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, um, one of the two greatest guys that I've probably ever met in my life, old Mason Irvin and uh, Gabe Kiesel. Uh, last name probably sounds familiar, but we will keep that for a later date. Um, and this is this is uh, Caught in the Wild, you know, where we, we live real and uh, drink the coldest and just talk everyday stuff. Because it's never, you know, if it was, if you killed something every day, they'd call it shooting. But you know. they call it killing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you say it's your it's your phrase. So anyways. I mean, if you were successful every time you went out, they'd call it killing, not hunting. And that's the biggest deal is, guys. I'm I'm an average hunter. I'm an everyday hunter. Um, I'm not gonna give you some fairy tale what where we go out and we get an animal every time and we have a guide. No, we don't have a guide. We're trying to find the elk and the deer and you know. The ducks, the goose, the uh, whitetails, anything, man. We're we're trying to find that ourselves, and we're a public hunter, you know, public land, and um, we're trying to keep it that way and just just help other people, uh, t- like teach you guys uh, kind of what we do and tell you about it. Either we have success or we have failure, but either way, it's fun. It's always a good time to be out in the wilderness. Uh, striving for for better i mean you know filling our freezer and that's i mean the most important thing that's why we hunt filling the freezer that's why we that's why we do it you know i mean we hunt to fill the freezer but we go after bucks and bulls so we We go after bucks and bulls so we can fill the wall plus the freezer and you know you know because everyone strives to be better than the next and that's where we're at and you know we're we're just trying to get we're just trying to get we're trying to get somewhere in life and you know but thanks thanks again for tuning in um this is caught in the wild with your uh hosts rocky shores outdoors and son of a fitch outdoors we will have more special guests along the way um we're going on a good should be a good elk hunt in the morning so stay tuned and then tune into instagram um rocky shores outdoors and son of a fitch outdoors for more updates on Elk hunts, deer hunts, bear hunts, goose a lot and of duck. goose and deer, and a lot Hopefully of ice. Hopefully, a lot fishing. of goose and uh, goose and deer, goose and duck. Gus and, that's what I said. <laughs> Gus and, <laughs> goose and goose duck. Goose and duck. Goose and duck. And uh, you know, thanks for following us. Subscribe, like, all that good stuff on Instagram, YouTube. Find us. You know, it's a good. We're 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 a good couple guys. We're, we're public hunters. We're you know we're you we're know. not hunting private. But, you know, we, we hunt in public, we hit it hard, and so... And you know, know what? That's real day life, you know? We're not gonna, we're not gonna lie to you. We're not gonna tell you that we have, you know, oh, here's, here's my buddy that's gonna go get us a freaking, you know, 400 point We're doing this bowl, all ourselves. You know? No guides, no anything. You know, public hunting, just a couple hunters uh, struggling to figure it out, figure out where we're gonna hunt, how we're gonna hunt, and trying to get the the best trophy possible you know 
while filling our freezers at the same time. So thank you guys and um, join us probably next weekend. You'd say next weekend for the next, next episode. Next weekend. I mean, we'll we'll get everything set in concrete of when we're gonna record the podcast. When we're gonna we're kind uh, of on a new it. basis right now, so we're just trying to fill the shoes not fill the shoes but fill the space and uh but we'll start getting on a steadily even path here but thanks for tuning in to call the wild and uh see you next time